You're listening to the Mind Your Own Dog Business Podcast. I'm your host, leading expert in dog business strategist, Kristen Lee. Guys, get ready for your journey. Your journey to cutting edge marketing and sales, creating a standout kick-ass dog business brand, along with mastering your mindset that's going to smash all these glass ceilings that have been holding you back and catapult your dog business to the next level with actionable steps you can take right away. We're going to empower you. We're going to grow you as you step into your authentic self, not only as a dog trainer, dog walker, or whatever slice of the pet industry you find yourself in, but as that badass entrepreneur. My mission is to disrupt the current norm, cut through the noise, cut through the bullshit, and empower the incredible women of the dog business industry to step into the spotlight, reclaim control, and transform not only their businesses, but their lives. It's real, it's raw, it's uncensored, and it's what this dog business industry needs. Let's do this, guys. All right, everyone, welcome to this episode of Mind Your Own Motherfucking Dog Biz Podcast. And this one is about starting a riot with your content. And I have an amazing, an amazing, amazing guest that happens to be a badass dog trainer who's located outside of Toronto, Canada. And that is Clarissa Simpson. Hello, Clarissa. Hey, Kristen. (laughs) You're like, ah, we're already starting. Well, I'm excited to have you here because the listeners of my own dog business, you've been a listener for a while, Clarissa, you've been a student for a while, you were a student for a while. And one of the things I see a lot of pet dog trainers, dog walkers, pack hikers is they're missing the mark with really using their content and their platforms to be disruptive and creating awareness to inspire change in the pet businesses while giving the fucking middle fingers to like what everybody else tells you to post like the status quo. So today Clarissa and I are here to say, fuck the status quo and let's start a motherfucking riot on your corner of the social media world while providing badass content to your amazing dog owners that's also accessible because y'all are kind of falling behind the times. Hey, listen, grassroots dog at school, we are behind the times. We are working hard to catch up on that, but you need to be accessible, especially in today's world. And like I said before, Clarissa is also a dog at school alumni, and this is why I'm honored and excited to bring them on the podcast with all of you today. Clarissa, officially, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and to talk about this subject um, in particular because it's so important, but it's definitely under um, represented as far as topics we talk about. Yeah. Especially in the pet dog industry. Yeah. So Clarissa, my listeners always like to get some context behind context. I'm already messing up my words here. Context (laughs) behind the people they're listening to. So would you give a brief introduction about how long you've been in the business of the Dogos? Yeah, for sure. So my own business actually turns four uh, this January and my business is kind of the love, the love child, the hate child of working, um, in some pretty unscrupulous places where I was watching like 30 dogs completely by myself and management, you know, expect me to do that for a minimum wage, treat me like shit. Um, so I just kind of got sick of it and I was like, I can do it myself. And my mom's an entrepreneur. So I was like, I've seen this modeled. 
I know I have it within me if I just put my nose to the grindstone. And so that's kind of what my business is. Um, I basically hit the ground running and haven't stopped running since. Hell yeah. Now, what would you say your superpower is? <laughs> it's actually, it's funny. Cause I asked my friend that last night when I was like, kind of like looking over mm-hmm. um, the questions. So I don't feel like, you know, screaming when I'm here um, with frustration. <laughs> and when I said, when I asked him like, what would my superpower be? It's exactly what, like the reason I'm on the podcast today. And that is, I have refined the line between professional and unprofessional. So that is razor thin and you are still respecting people while challenging them and giving them a place to be uncomfortable, but also lean into it. Um, and I mean, professionalism is largely white patriarchal supremacy anyway. So just fuck that anyway. (laughs) Fuck it. Middle fingers. We can do without it. Exactly. Yeah. That's one thing me and you have gone back and forth about is like that whole professionalism in the industry. Right. So it's like, you can't say this, you can't do this. Your content needs to be this way. And it's like, no, Again, patriot, not patriotism, but professionalism is a mm-hmm. fucking patriarchal line that is set there to oppress yeah. people, especially women, uh, other communities, marginalized communities and everything like that. So now what's the last thing you accomplished that made you so proud? It's funny. Cause I was like, this seems so boastful, but I mean, I don't get to humble brag very often, but, um, do it, bitch, do it. <laughs> I get on a weekly basis messages into my DMs about people, how my content impacted them. They felt seen, they felt heard, they feel validated, they feel supported. Um, Just this week, I shared a post about domestic violence and how dog trainers play an important role in that picture because domestic violence is everybody's business. Um, But because we're an unregulated industry, we don't even have um, like mandatory reporting for abuse, whereas veterinarians do have that. So just kind of bring up that conversation. And of course you always get flack and pushback from other people, especially because it's like riding on the coattails of the Gabby case. Um, Mm. the girl who was found missing. And so, so many people are like, well, it's their responsibility to get out. It's like, it's never the job of the survivor or the victim, the oppressed person to overcome a situation they shouldn't be in. Um, and it takes a village to abuse somebody. So we're all complicit. And a lot of people had pushback about that, obviously. Um, but two people did comment on it, that they are survivors of domestic violence and that their dogs played a huge role in the abuse and in their escape plan and how important it was to them that I was bringing up this topic. Um, so, I mean, it's not a comfortable topic. It's not a fun topic. It's not something people want to put in amongst their pictures of happy dogs, but it is something we have to talk about anyway. Y'all, this is why I brought them here to talk today. Like (laughs) seriously, like Mike fucking drop. I mean, even if that we ended it like right now, it'd be like, (laughs) people would be like, oh my God. Well, what's your favorite quote? Uh, There was one recently circulating on Instagram that was like a screenshot of a tweet. And it was something to the effect of people who seem really harsh or aggressive. I put those in quotations because I mean, Mm -hmm. that usually means assertive and Mm -hmm. has boundaries. Um, But usually those people who are so passionate about social justice and seem aggressive, that all comes from the softest part of us. Mm -hmm. And this just deep desire to have everybody be okay. Mm -hmm. And it seems so simple, but it's something that so many people are overlooking as they move through the world. Because every time you enter a space, whether it's digital or physical, you are either walking into that space, creating harm, or you are working into that space, um, reducing harm. There is no neutrality in the world. Um, and so 
having, once you know this and you have the desire for everyone to be okay, it's really hard to tone it down and to be more chill about it. You don't want to tone it down, Carissa? No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Well, that's one of those things that a lot of people, you hear that all the time. And do you remember last, was it last year where that one dude was like women and other people need to tone it down in the dog training yes. industry if you want to. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I know tone it down and sexual sexuality is like, like perceived. I'm like, let's post the most sexualized pictures of the fucking team. with. That. Oh yeah. That guy was just a hot steaming dumpster fire of misogyny. It was, uh-huh. <laughs> it was so bad. It actually like aired on the side of being funny. Cause you're like, how do you have like relationships and people in your life mm-hmm. who want to be around you? Exactly. And exactly. And he, I believe he, he's a, a business coach too. Now. Yep. So I'm like, look who you put your money into, like who's reinvesting their money. Like, like seriously, like you want to support somebody like that. Cool. That's, that's you. That's all you. That's all you. Right. Well, something I want to ask you, Clarissa, have you always been outspoken in your content as a professional, or is this something that like, you had a turning point. Like you were like, you know what? I'm fucking fed up. I see shit. And I'm going to say this, like, did you have a pitiful turning point or have you always had this voice? Like this powerful (laughs) voice? (laughs) Um, I've always had a powerful voice. Like basically as soon as I hit high school and I've, you know, it's gotten me into a lot of trouble and it's taken me years to refine it. And so when I first got into business, I was still like in my like younger mid twenties, I hadn't really cultivated that voice. It was still getting me into trouble. Um, and it's really hard to cultivate a skill that will offend hundred percent of people, no matter what you do, <laughs> but like, it's really hard to do that. Um, yeah. so I was really, I really tried to make myself palatable in the first kind of two years of my business. Mm-hmm. And then last April, it came to light that there was a big time predator in the industry. And I was mm-hmm. like, I can't, I can't be silent anymore because you were either part of the problem Say or part name. of the solution. I'm cool saying, saying the name. John McGugan. Yep. The McPredator. Um, And yeah, so no, I was fucking done. Um, I was supposed to go to one of his conferences when I contacted the host and I was like, showed her the blog and she's like, well, he's never done this to me. And I'm like, that's kind of how abuse works is they Mm -hmm. pick a couple people and then use the rest of you to create the village that is complicit in it. That's how this works. Um, And I was just so disgusted by the attitude of people I trusted, people who sent me clients, people who I sent clients to, had this attitude of like, that's not safe. Um, and when a Brit, when I have a bridge with somebody that's unsafe, I burn it like no questions asked. Mm -hmm. Like it's not even like a misunderstanding. It's very clear that you didn't believe a woman when she said somebody was unsafe. Mm -hmm. And so that's done for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really my turning point. Um, because it's really important for me that my clients feel safe. My Instagram followers feel safe the other colleagues that I connect with feel safe. Um, and you can't be a safe person and connect with unsafe people. Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, spoke with somebody, I believe it was like around last this time, well, April of last year when that whole situation started to unfold itself, mm-hmm. and he was really hot, like spot, like highlighted who the predator is. That's why I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's stop fucking protecting predators and say their fucking names. Yes. So I'm like, fuck that. Like say the fucking dude's name. Well, <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say? Oh my God. This is, <laughs> Go ahead. Heard, you're like, should like, is there anything you can do? So 
I mean, before I knew he was a predator, I was like, wow, he's attractive. And so I think that got him a long ways in this industry because it is so heavily female dominated. And just like that, when I found out it was no questions asked, I'm like, ew, you're fucking gross now. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a lot of men that have that power in this industry. There are a number of times I've shared like the lineup for a conference and I have women sliding into my DMS being like, yeah, that person's not safe. Um, but nobody's talking about it. No one. And I mean, there's nowhere to report it to like the organizations don't really take it seriously from what we learned last April. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's super fucked up. Do you remember that blitz that Maggie Christina went on when with uh, that one organization? Yes, that weekend it was funny because it was me and Maggie in that conversation. We're throwing a lot of stones. Um, thankfully, our house isn't made of glass. Um, exactly. And there was actually a couple people who like don't connect my name and face with my account necessarily, and they gotcha. saw that on Facebook and contacted me on Instagram, and they're like, "Is this you?" I'm like, damn right it is. Um, And so that right there, like a lot of people at that moment chose to stay or go just like Mm -hmm. from that alone. Um, And it is wickedly uncomfortable at first, but you learn to lean into it. Like there was that, there was that TikTok trend where the people have like the cup of coffee and they put it down their hands are like shaking. Mm -hmm. And that's like when you first start being polarizing. Mm -hmm. And now I just like slam the mug down. I go to sleep. I don't give a shit if my, um, notifications are going off. Like I've laid down the line, I've laid the boundary, take it or leave it. And I'm willing to have like a peaceful discussion about it. Uh But nine times out of 10 people who come into my DMS or the comment section, they're bad faith arguments. There's nothing Mm -hmm. you can say, Mm -hmm. um, that would make them think differently. Yeah. It's like that TikTok you see when like you post something or reply to somebody and your notifications are blowing up. You're just like, no, have a cough. You're like, yep. Okay, cool. Yeah. Whatever. That's so you and I'm like, ah! um, so this leads right into the next question about the dog training community and the circles that we surround mm-hmm. ourselves with. Right. As you know, Clarissa, as the listeners know, the pet industry can be super harsh and super draining. Oh yeah. Uh, so when you first started finding your voice, did you notice any of those peers and colleagues almost taking that step back from you, like almost distancing themselves and getting defensive and doubling down, you know, the whole thing of, oh, politics don't belong in dog training or the industry type peeps? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, like, if, imagine if you went and looked at my Instagram stats, you'd be able to actually like see the curve where people are just like dropping off like crazy. Um And yeah, like I went from being a hundred percent referral based business to, I have not had a referral in like a year, um, which is pretty scary because people had warned me for years not to rely on, uh, referrals, but Mm -hmm. here I am. And I mean, whatever I moved on, I'm like, not even just surviving, I'm thriving, Mm -hmm. um, despite not having that. And, you know, my clients are really better for it. Um, so, I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy to overcome. Like, I don't want to, I want people to be polarizing and outspoken, but I also don't want to downplay the hurdles that you do have to go through before you are comfortable doing it. And you can hit the post button and feel confident in what you, um, just said. So, I mean, like when it comes to like the community, I mean, it's really been the people I've met 
by being so polarizing mm. that has made it bearable to the point where I can feel confident. And, you know, um, mm. I've met some really, really incredible people by being polarizing people who have the same views who are coming together. Um, and we're going to make a really great community one day. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just a little bit of ragtag underdogs right now, but just yeah. the, the, the people I've gotten to connect with by being polarizing outweigh whatever people think about me, which isn't any of my fucking business anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, it was hard. I mean, I think about, it, I was like, okay. When I was like thinking about what, what I would say, and I was like, mm-hmm. mm, maybe I'm not as okay as I thought I was, mm-hmm. um, with it, but I mean, it's worth it. I mean, I burn as many bridges, I think as people walk away from me anyway. So mm-hmm. obviously it's something I'm pretty comfortable with. Yeah. It's one of those personal growth things. It's like, mm-hmm. cause like a lot of our, our identity, especially I know dog trainers identity is tied up in just the community, just the yeah. community aspect alone. Cause it can be freaking, it can be like lonely. Like if you're just working dogs, like you're hiking in the woods alone. And it's like the moment, like those bridges start to burn, you're like, fuck, I'm alone. Yeah. And a lot of like, if you have like personal shit that comes up because of this, it can be really devastating for yeah. a lot of people. Okay. Yeah. I've always been somebody who's like, well, part of ADHD is rejection sensitive dysphoria mm-hmm. and just being really sensitive to how other people perceive you. And so for me, that was like, that was always really hard. Having other trainers like me was super validating, mm-hmm. um, especially when I am very against the current certification bodies mm-hmm. that having validation from other trainers was about made me feel valid at the time. Um, so I had to burn that all down and find a different way to be valid. Um, it's funny when I was in grassroots multiple times, I was asked to write like about me, like my badass bio. And (laughs) I can write it now, Mm. but I couldn't write it then because I was, my validity was like still so tied up and all the people who had walked away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I can like stand on my own two feet and I'm like, there's so many other ways to move through this world where my validity is not tangled up and how other people view me, um, which is really important. I think if you're going to have polarizing content, cause it mm-hmm. really comes down to being a nice person or a kind person. Mm-hmm. Niceness is about behaving so that other people think you're a nice person and kindness is doing the like the right thing no mm-hmm. matter how hard it is no how matter how unpopular it's going to make you no matter how many shitty people sliding into your dms you mm-hmm. commit to doing you know the right thing yep niceness is almost a manipulation mm-hmm. i would say it's a mani- manipulating behavior for sure yeah well, I think one thing that a lot of dog trainers, and you already started to hit on that, but a lot of dog trainers and a lot of pen industry pros are terrified, are driving away from like those potential clients, right? Especially yeah. if they were in your position where a lot of the referrals are coming in, or if it maybe it looks like too strong of a message when they land on somebody's Instagram page or even their Facebook page mm-hmm. or their website, and which you and I both know that's the goal, right? Polarizing content. You wanted to tear the people and the the tearing Mm -hmm. the people is going to be 80% of it, which is scary as fuck. But when you build in those unique connections, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. But what would you say to somebody that's listening to the dog walker, the pet sitter that keeps it safe for the sake of just keeping it safe for prospective clients? What would you say to them? Keeping it safe is really just the nice way of saying you don't have boundaries. which isn't good. Like you're not a good person because you have no boundaries. Having no boundaries is a disservice to you. And it's a disservice to people's clients, right? Because it prevents, you know, when you get this mismatch of client and 
professional, the client does not get the value they anticipated and the professional ends up hating their job. Literally no one is winning. Um, and I mean, it's, it doesn't matter how hard you try. It still happens. You'll end up with somebody you thought you, you know, vetted really well. Mm-hmm. And it, like, even when that happens now, even though I tried really hard to vet them, I still feel like shit when that happens. So, mm-hmm. I mean, being polarizing is a really good way to add this kind of extra step of vetting. I want people in my community. I want clients to have values that align with my own um, because it's really important to when you have the boundary about being polarizing and what it's what you will and will not stand for mm-hmm. in public and behind closed doors in my, you know, I have my Facebook group for my clients and I have things I will not tolerate in that group. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had clients reach out to me saying like, thank you. I, you know, I have so much confidence that your place is a safe place and that I don't have to worry about um, what I'm going to be told in there or what experiences I might have. And so getting that feedback is like all I need to know that I'm on the right track, that if people feel safe in my spaces, that's all that matters. And everyone else can go fuck themselves. I love it. I go love fuck it. themselves. Go fuck yourselves. Let's be honest. Like nine times out of 10, the people who complain about my boundaries and my posts are usually white men. And mm-hmm. I have a really hard time with that because on one hand, I want to educate people so that they're not harassing marginalized voices. Mm-hmm. And I want to do my part that way. But when it comes to white men, they are so like one of my posts was literally about how female or female, it's such a gross word, women dog walkers and femme dog walkers and mm-hmm. queer dog walkers experience so much bullshit just walking a dog through town, whether you're doing it professionally, whether you're doing it an owner, men feel so entitled to yell shit at us. Mm-hmm. And so I made a meme. It was a really like snappy meme about it. And there's always one guy. One who comes in and is like, well, my guy friends make comments about the way I train. And I'm like, first of all, I'm talking about strange men who feel entitled to talk to me when I'm like working or yell Mm -hmm. at people. And like, second of all, you're a man. People don't like you're not missing. There's not, you know, missing a lot of missing and murdered men. Mm -hmm. Right. They're mostly missing and murdered women and queers for a reason, because, you know, men are scary. We're scared. I've had some really like that's why I got out of dog walking and my husband comes with me on all my hikes because I just don't want to have to think about it. Um, And so having, you know, him to run interference just. And but the reality is and why I work so hard to be polarizing is because it shouldn't be that way. I shouldn't have to take my husband places to feel safe. Um, So yeah, that was a bit of a tangent. (laughs) No, that was fucking, that was so good to talk about because it happens. It's that whole thing of that one dude that comes in. It's like, well, this is my experience. Okay, cool. Great. I'm glad you have a straw man argument, dude. (laughs) It's funny because I I deleted his comment and banned him from the space. And I was like, hey, I don't need this here. Like all of these women were in the comments sharing their similar experiences. Mm -hmm. And he, I'm like, you literally ignored all of these women and shared your experience. That isn't relevant. And so when I deleted his comment, he obviously comes into my DMs. Naturally. Just, and it's still, he's apologizing, but it's still all about him. Uh-huh. And it's yeah. not, and I'm like, do you not like see how ass backward that is? Like, it's not a real apology. If you don't acknowledge what you did wrong, how you're going and like how you're going to prevent that in the future, mm-hmm. um, which obviously like nobody includes that. So I'm like, that's not a legitimate apology. Bye-bye. 
<laughs> I'm just like sitting here shaking my head. I'm like, God fucking damn it. I'm like, do better, man. Do better. And especially do better. like the other thing with polarize, like creating polarizing content, I think is people are like, oh, I'm going to get slammed with hate. And I mean, you can, but you're yeah. not obligated to take that hate. My comments mm-hmm. are not open free for all for everybody. Like This wasn't when I say something like when I say domestic violence is everybody's business. That's not an invitation to come debate me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, my comments are close to people who are followers. I have my DM set so that I don't have to see them if I don't want to. And I respond to DMs, um, you know, that bring the right energy to the space and ignore those ones that don't. Um, so I mean, polarizing, creating polarizing content doesn't have to be something that also just deteriorates your mental health because mm-hmm. social media is a shit show. Well, that's also good. You really brought up a great point of like, you have the boundaries also mm-hmm. with the polarizing content too. That keeps you effectively yeah. safe and your followers safe. I like that. It's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Now I'm going to switch gears. If you, we can still keep talking though. I love this. I love this. Content. <laughs> I'm like, I can fucking talk about this shit all day. I mean, hilariousness when it comes to that shit. Um, but I know accessibility is another huge, if you have a list of like your top three things for Clarissa, I would think one of them is the polarizing content. The next one would be accessibility for you. Yeah, correct? for sure. Well, I know for a fact you, it, it's near and dear to your heart because mm-hmm. you're a canine and human educator first, right? Yep. Now, where do you see the need for accessibility in the pet dog business world? Oh, the list of like areas of the industry that aren't completely failing would be a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it's, it's bleak out there. Um, in fact, like when I was lamenting about one of the conferences on Facebook, somebody actually messaged me to let me know that their screen reader wasn't compatible with the sign up website. So they couldn't even sign up for the conference. Oh, wow. And when they called the customer service line, they could not get help through customer service. And I'm just like, so like, that's a very clear message from the organization and the, you know, that created that conference that they're only interested in having, um, you know, able dog trainers, which is ironic because I had an accessibility presentation and it was the last presentation at the end of three days. And I was just like, nobody's going to watch it. Yeah. Like I'm doing, you know, tons of research on conferences and statistically nobody's going to see that presentation. Mm-hmm. And why is it the only one? Why is it the last one? Like we have topics that are covered two or three times and accessibility is like the very last one. So it's just so much needs to change. Um, and it's kind of twofold because there's our education as professionals and then that impacts our ability to be accessible for our clients because we need mm-hmm. to have it modeled for us as well. There needs to be a standard. Um, so for job, like, I have a list on my Instagram and I think it's like 23 items long, which seems really overwhelming, but the reality is we've already fucked up. Our businesses should have been created from the ground up accessible Mm -hmm. um, and not treat people with disabilities as an afterthought. We've already made the fuck up. So all we can do now is create a, you know, a sustainable strategy to increase accessibility over time. Um, and so, I mean, the easiest way dog trainers can start and like dog professionals is on social media, making sure you have, um, photo descriptions, right. Cause it's a very visual medium, but mm-hmm. there's no program that magically reads off pictures for people if they can't see the image themselves. So you have to provide, um, alt text, which isn't seen, but it is seen by a screen reader. The problem is it's usually only up to, I think it's about 20 or 40 characters, which isn't much to describe 
you know, the infographics that dog trainers are well known for. Um, so then you have to do that separately down in the comment section or in the bottom of your post. Um, the other one, especially right now that reels are take, taking over, um, Instagram mm-hmm. is making sure that they are captioned. Mm-hmm. So that includes any talking that includes any audio that's put over. And that also includes if you're, um, a clicker trainer or you're using a marker or any kind of sounds that aren't words, those have to be added in. When I create like videos for my clients, if I'm doing a clicker session, I have to go through and manually add all those clicks to make sure that if they're you know, not watching with the audio, they can't follow the audio for whatever reason, they still get the access to the exact same content as everyone else does. Um, and that's really what it's about is it should be everyone gets what they need. Um, mm-hmm. And we owe that to them. That's not a lot of people have the perspective that it's like it's a disabled person's job to bring whatever they need for accommodations. And that's not how it works. That's anybody can become disabled at any time. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people spend a lot of time thinking about that. Um, So, I mean, that has to stop being an afterthought. It should be the default. Yeah. I mean, even just adding subtitles to something, Mm -hmm. it's a huge thing. Yeah. It's like, wow, it takes two seconds. Go on to freaking even to script and do it. It literally will take two seconds to do. Yeah. Just shaking my head. And there's even simpler programs than Descript. I ended up getting into like a complete temper tantrum with Descript because it wasn't, it was for whatever reason, it was saying my internet was connected or wasn't connected when it was. But there's so there's an even easier program called Otter AI. It's super cheap per month. And you literally just upload your video and it spits out the files for you. It's that easy. It requires no effort from people. Um, So there's really no excuse that people aren't doing it. And it has like 500 free minutes a month, which is a shitload of content. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking content. It's otter.ai. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And it has an Android app. It's awesome. I love it. You don't have an affiliate link, do you? Cause I'm like, I don't. Ow. I'm like, damn it. Let's get credit for that one. I wish. Now, do you have any exciting projects in the future you want to share? I'm I'm sure you do. I don't even know. (laughs) Literally (laughs) always. I always have um, something on the go. Well, you know how it is as like an entrepreneur, you have all these ideas and then you have to kind of look at which ones mm-hmm. are realistic and sustainable and then which ones you can actually like carry out to fruition. Sometimes you start projects and then you realize, yeah, this isn't going to happen at all. <laughs> have you seen Dogbiz School? <laughs> um, and so it's just... So it's just kind of like, so I always have projects on the go. Um, But right now I'm really excited because I have just hit another tipping point with the industry where our educational opportunities really, really suck. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm fucking done with it and I'm going to create my own goddamn conference and do it my own damn self. Um, So that's something I'm kind of working on slowly because there's obviously a lot Mm -hmm. of like research that goes into like, how do you create a digital conference? Mm -hmm. But I just think like the current everything about it from the representation of the speakers to the accessibility to the actual like educational layout blows. Mm-hmm. Um, because like the whole model of watching a video and then having the live Q and a after and having to do that, you know, for hours and hours and hours over the course of three days, nobody's learning shit from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't, you can't, it's just, it's exhausting. Like we know how long adult humans can focus for and it's only about 20 minutes. Yep. <laughs> 
Um, so I think that, you know, a better conference would stop trying to cram in so many speakers and try to offer a more like experiential uh, option so that they Mm -hmm. can really have more interaction and get more value out of it. Um, so all of that is just so important, but it's also a massive undertaking. Um, I've started kind of assembling, um, my community of people that are going to help me with it. For me, it's really important that the representation is there and the speakers, um, because conferences always have like the same tokenized, yeah. rep- like, you know, people of color. Um, and I'm just so over it. You know, we all, not only that, the speakers are often the same, the topics often don't very mm-hmm. much. They offer, don't bring, often bring anything revolutionary. And I'm like, I think there's a lot of untapped talent in the people yep. who don't have big voices because they have, they're not legacy trainers. They have been here for, you know, they're not riding on coattails. So mm-hmm. I really want to go down that route and really have it and have it so that they're um, of course compensated as well. Cause there's a lot of since the yeah. black lives matter, mm-hmm. lots of people want, you know, Black, Indigenous, and racialized people to speak in their content, but very, very people, very few people are offering to compensate these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, they deserve to be compensated. So that's really important to me. And I really think that, you know, if white people are committed to making this industry um, more equitable, then they will are going to be willing to volunteer to help get this off the ground because it's a massive undertaking. Um, yeah. and I do have lots of people who are like chomping at the bit to like volunteer with accessibility and stuff. So, I mean, it gives me a lot of hope that there is some kick-ass people, um, who will help me get this off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested, this is how you can uh, connect with Clarissa at, <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, that's freaking awesome. And I know what an undertaking a conference is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so many moving parts and so many moving dynamics. But I think what you're going to accomplish with this is going to be fucking revolutionary. Yeah. It's going to be messy at first, but it's going to be sure. fucking revolutionary. Yeah. I want to push the bar so that there was a quote um, that I actually shared with like the people that I'm starting to create this conference with mm-hmm. about you know, change, we want a conference that changes the way conferences are done, that people mm-hmm. will not be able to go back to the status quo. Um, cause the status quo sucks. Yeah. It just full on sucks. Yeah, it does. That's why, uh, at a recent conference, we almost sent in a mariachi band just to disrupt them. <laughs> <laughs> almost did that, but we did not. <laughs> That would have been hilarious. Just saying, that was just the Trojan horse to disrupt the status quo. There is the same speakers every year. We're like, yeah. Mariachi bands never hurt anybody. Yeah, we're going to have like the Star Wars theme or something like that. So anyway, (laughs) do you have any final thoughts you want to share with the listeners? (sighs) Um, uh, Mariachi bands. (laughs) So many things. So many things. So little time. Um, You are who you keep company with. You can't maintain connections to shitty people. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't, I shouldn't say shitty people because people aren't that simple as being good or bad. And I think mm-hmm. that's a dilemma a lot of people face is like, if I do this, am I a good person? If I do this, am I a bad person? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, no, because people are complicated. But if you do that, that's a shitty thing to do. Um, and so when you, sur- if you surround yourself with people who are engaging in shitty behavior, then that reflects on you. There's no way around that. Um, and you see that a lot in the dog training world where people prioritize friendships and good feelings and love and light over being honest. Mm. And that keeps, you know, that keeps us from progressing 
because mm-hmm. people are, it makes people very, very comfortable with the way things are. Mm-hmm. It's fucking awesome. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up. All righty. It's been fucking amazing. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me on. This is so fantastic. Yeah. And Clarissa, where can people find you? Like, cause people are probably like fired up right now. They're like, I want to look at this, this person's content right now. Let me see it. Let me get, let me get out of <laughs> like, where can people find your content? Where can they give you a shout out if they like this episode, or just, <laughs> you know, start following you. Um, so, I mean, by and large, I put all my eggs in one basket and you will find me on Instagram at mobile mayhem KW. Um, I have a Facebook page that's a little bit lonely right now by the same name. Um, and yeah, so that's about it, really. I've had a lot of people tell me I should start like a blog or a podcast. I'm like, all the things, <laughs> all, all the things, things, all the things to the ADHD <laughs> entrepreneur, like stop with the ideas. Exactly. I'm paralyzed and executive dysfunction. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're like, fuck, stop. Stop so giving me stuff. so many ideas. I can handle one platform at a time and it is one. Instagram. <laughs> It's amazing. Well, I, you know, I, I support too. I support your fucking message going out, yeah. you know, loud and proud because a lot of people are, are terrified of that whole, just being against the grain. So mm-hmm. anyway, we support you. We love you, Carissa. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And I'm always that, like, yes. <laughs> that, that I appreciate that so much because definitely for sure, like you and Maggie and grassroots as a whole has been so instrumental in helping develop my voice and have confidence in showing up authentically and stop trying to make myself palatable because Mm -hmm. I think that's what people want. Um, because it's not what people want. And so yeah, grassroots was just really instrumental in that. And I couldn't have done that without you and Maggie, especially with like the pandemic, my business would have been up shit's great. I remember not to like drag, drag this on, but I remember you came in into 2.0 at that time. I did. And this is when you just found, cause that was like April and you just found your voice. And I remember mm-hmm. when you're, I think you had a post or it was like one of our live class, our marketing class. You're like, well, this is my problem. All my referrals just dried up in overnight. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I fucking remember that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well, it's been an honor and we always, <laughs> you're a welcome guest anytime in our house. You know that. So. Thank you. Yeah. You could have been at the event this week. Well, you can't go to the States right now. No. But. They're doing a sales event and Maggie had a few people on the floor this week. So I'm like, I'm glad I was not part of that. <laughs> if there was an event that I needed, it would be sales. Uh, <laughs> it's always sales. It's it's always. always sales. All right, Clarissa. Well, it's again, it's been truly an honor. I appreciate you taking the time, especially I know you're busy with everything, but it's been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey there, thank you for listening to another badass episode of Mind Your Own Dog Business. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Oh my God, go and subscribe now so you don't miss out on any of our content-packed dog business jam sessions plus special offers that I'm gonna only be sharing with my amazing dog business entrepreneurial podcast listeners. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star kick-ass review so more amazing dog business owners just like yourself can find us and start to transform and disrupt their businesses and their lives unapologetically. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and holler at your girl. I'm at dogwalkercoach. You can find me, dogwalkercoach, and I'll pop up and I'll give you a special shout out. All right, guys, until next time. Bye.